and welcome to another episode of Untraditionally Traditional, a podcast with me, Brittany Duncan, a millennial homemaker. Join me each week as I share all the things I've learned that make keeping your home, garden, and life running smoothly all while working. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so you get the episodes downloaded straight to you every Monday. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Untraditionally Traditional. My name is Brittany Duncan, the host of this podcast that I started nine months ago. Symbolic because it really does feel like a little baby of mine, except a whole lot less work. But let's talk about work, specifically the work it takes to run a household and drumroll how to get our significant other to pitch in with that work. Now, this is not a one-size-fits-all episode because no relationship or household situation applies to all of us. Some of us are dual earners, some of us work from home, in some household mom stays home with the kids, and in others dad does. The historic picture of the man going to work and being the quote earner and the wife staying at home and being the homemaker is not how things are anymore, at least not for all of us. In fact, it's why I started this podcast as a millennial homemaker. So allow me to paint the picture of what our household arrangement is and how we manage it, and then I'll dive into some variations knowing that our situation will only apply to some of you. Johnson and I are both earners. We both work full-time jobs. Johnson, being in healthcare, works outside of the home, and my job allows me to work inside our home. I have a side business that accounts for a third of my income. Johnson is involved in several volunteer programs, some paid and some not, but all taking part of his time that he would spend at home, outside of the home. We don't have any children yet, uh, but we do have one dog who is our pride and joy and six chickens that we love to pieces. And our home has a small property that we maintain. I'm going to say it up front and please know that I know it. Our situation is pretty dang simple. I know there are families where one spouse is deployed overseas or families where one parent does contract work that takes them out of the home for weeks or months at a time. If you work in certain healthcare arenas, emergency medical services, fire or other jobs, you're outside of the home for 24 hours at a time. We've been there. I don't envy you, particularly if you work night shifts. We've had a lot of different jobs over the years with different scenarios and work hours, so I know firsthand that not every situation presents with the same set of difficulties, but most of all, I know that when you have children or a family member that you provide care for, your role is expanded in a serious way. One I like to think that I can comprehend, but I'm sure until I become a mother myself, I won't. So big grain of salt there. If I say anything that makes it sound simple to manage a household as a parent, please know that I don't mean to offend anyone and I know I cannot relate to that reality yet. But what I can relate to is the struggle of feeling like you're the sole one running the house and that everything is riding on your shoulders. And here is hopefully the first time in the episode I might offend some of you. Spoiler alert, it is not all on your shoulders. And so often we put ourselves in the position where it feels like it is. Now, recently, my husband and I had a big blow up about this. My argument, I shouldn't have to ask you to help with things around the house. I don't own the responsibility of every single household task to need to outsource it to you when I, quote, need help. Needing help implies that it is my responsibility. His counter, please just tell me what you want me to do and I'll get it done. 
Now, my original argument is a popular one, and I see it all the time on Instagram. War cry of the spouse who feels like he or she is the only one doing anything. Now, here's the honest-to-goodness truth as far as I see it. If you want things done, ask for them to get done. Communicate. If you want your cake, the cake being the trash taken out, vacuuming completed, and laundry folded, and being able to eat it too, the eating being these things occurring consistently without you having to ask, good luck. You can die on that hill if you want to. For the success of your relationship or marriage, I propose that you communicate and ask your partner to do what you want them to do. Enter the honey please do list. Now, note that I said please, and that is how I recommend coming at it. Write it down either on a piece of paper or in a text and propose it as If you have time to do these things today or over the weekend, I would really appreciate it. It would be a big help to me. Now, here's the thing about the honey, please do list. Naturally, when you have the same things on the list over and over again, your significant other will likely start to recognize a pattern and perhaps ask you before you even write it down if you would like them to take out the trash. At least that's been my experience. Should I have to ask for help with household tasks? No. But is it simple to do and ultimately gives me what I want, help around the house? Yes. Collectively as homemakers, I think we need to step off of the pedestal of I shouldn't have to ask and onto the playing field of this is important to me and if you have time to pitch in, it would really mean a lot to me. Now, let's add a few variations, but keep in mind the big thing here is to have true buy-in from both parties. Make sure that the arrangement you have is mutually agreed upon and valued. An example is that you might divide your household management by indoors and outdoors. One of you handles the lawn maintenance, raking, snow shoveling, gutter cleaning, outside of the window cleaning, that kind of thing. And the other person handles the indoor tasks, vacuuming, washing floors, that kind of thing. One of you handles the paying of bills and budgeting, while the other is the point of contact for any work that needs to be done inside or outside of the home. You've got the plumber's number, the electrician, you are the point of contact. One of you handles nighttime routines with your kids, and the other takes morning. One of you is the scheduler for families, doctor, dentist, optometrist, veterinary appointments, and the other handles keeping track of extracurricular events and keeping the family aware of those important dates. With any of these things, communication is huge. Having a family calendar is important and keeping each other clued in when you book something so that you're on the same page. Mainly, the big takeaways from this episode are, if you want something done, ask your spouse if they would be willing to do it. Not right that second, but in a 24 to 48 hour period. Be reasonable and put yourself in their shoes. You wouldn't want someone to ask you to go and mow the lawn right as you're sitting down with a good book and hot cup of coffee. Make sure your system is valued and feels good for both parties. There are certain tasks that I hate doing that Johnson does because he knows that I hate doing them, and vice versa. Figuring out what those pain points are for each person is important and makes the whole system work a lot better if you know what those things are. Communication, communication, communication. I don't know how many times I've said it already this episode, but I'm a huge believer that the number one way to maintain a successful relationship is open and honest communication. Communicating as an equal and asking for help rather than being a dictator and demanding it. That's not communicating. And here's the other thing. 
If they say no in that moment or don't do what they said they would, don't blow up about it or address it in that moment. Later on, when you're both in a calm, happy mood, ask them if you can address something that's been bothering you, if it's still truly bothering you. And come from a place of how it upset you, why it upset you, and how it made you feel. I'm willing to bet that it was not their intention, and if you can pinpoint why they didn't help or do what they said they would, you can clear the air and set yourself up for success in the future. As we move past the holiday and into the new year, I know these conversations will well up as they do, so hopefully having these thoughts in your back pocket will get you what you want in terms of equal household support and keep everybody happy and communicating. I hope you all have a great week leading up to the Christmas holiday, and I will be back with you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Untraditionally Traditional. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with those special people who would love it too, and write a review. For more tips and photos of my home and garden, follow Untraditionally Traditional Pod on Instagram. Until next week, let's continue to make our homes places of joy and service to ourselves and those we share them with.